We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Live from Las Vegas, sports talk, hot takes, and all of the bangers. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the Playmakers. Hi-de-ho, Camper Joes and Jills, or whatever you like to call yourselves, we do not care. We are a place of acceptance, of some judgment occasionally, not like in terms of your morality or character, just more of your actions and stupidity, but the Playmakers is who we are. You're damn right. Yeah, your voices. Adrian Hernandez. And mine is Lindsey Brown. Um, we have a full slate of sports and other things to get into today. There's so much going on in our world right now. No, honestly, there is. And I love, as like we've said before, as the summer is upon us, we're really focusing this week on other things to just give you a preview of what's going on in the summer. We have to diversify our portfolio. Because I know we're the home of the Dodgers, but look, we're not going to get into, we're not going to. I know, Jason, you keep hitting us on Twitter at the Bet Las Vegas. We're not going to get into the starting five rotation for the Colorado Rockies. We're Sorry, not going to get into the argument. Sorry, We've already had that argument off air <laughs> at length. Exactly. We, it got too heated. It, it wasn't it wasn't safe for air, essentially. That's when, what it comes to, when it comes to Colorado, we'll focus on the avalanche instead. How right. about that? Well, that is a very good point to make because it is final year. Stanley Cup final. Finals, final, unsure. This I think it's the exciting. finals is N- NBA and the final is is NHL. Really? Yeah, it's weird. They need to. We need to be on the same page yeah, with that. Yeah, I, I agree. But game one slated for tonight, as you told us earlier this week. ABC baby, it's a big deal. Ain't Lindsay. no NBC Sports time. This ain't no cable <laughs> package, people. Yo, you get it? The American Broadcasting Company. Yeah, where you can put literally a, a penny, a coin yeah. on the back of your TV where the signal, like the little yep. thing's supposed to go in. You just rub your legs together like a little cricket. It'll work out. And you'll get the signal. Let's go. And this is like the first Stanley Cup that like I feel involved, Lindsay. Yeah. Well, this I as an a, expert. I listen to a podcast and not just yours. It's <gasps> available on the Odyssey. That's a fact. On the Odyssey app, the uh, Stanley Cup final preview on the Odyssey app. But I also, I'm, I'm trying to get engaged. Who'd you listen to? I, uh. You know, Pablo Torre did a wonderful ESPN Pablo Daily. Pablo Torre. Pablo Torre, and then one of the main, I forgot his name, his pronunciation with hockey players and Barry media. Barry Melrose? No, John no, no, no. No, no, no. One of their, one of their reporters. Emily he was kind Kaplan. Of, not Emily Kaplan. Okay. But one of them. And then he kind of kept me informed, and he said something about Nate McKinnon and, and the other guy on the avalanche that doesn't eat sugar. And I'm like, I know that, because Lindsay said it. That's right. That's right. They're probably listening to us, and uh, I'm glad that you're 
uh, getting more sources because you're listening to more hockey talk than I am. Yeah, listen. I'm I had trying to cut to stay all engaged. of my sources off, actually. But uh, you have too much. That's the problem. I have yeah. too little. So we're trying to meet in the middle. There right? it is. Compromise, collaboration, cohesion. Lots of c words here on <laughs> the playmakers, <laughs> um, and and plenty of energy today. And there's a big reason why because. Adrian, I, I got to hype you up right away. Uh-oh. Let's because, go. Because, like, you've been here for six months now. And I'm not saying that we're operating at, like, our highest capacity, but I'm noticing some steps. And I think today when – actually, moments from now, I think it's probably one of our bigger interviews. It's not, That's like, right. our most notable person we've ever interviewed, but in terms of, like, what's going on in the world right now, the fact that you were able to secure a conversation with Alan Shipnuck, the guy who's writing about film, because when the guy who's, who started who's, all this, who, who's been in the middle of all of this, was in London last week, was the guy who got kicked out of the media availability by Greg Norman himself. And then he texted Greg Norman. He said, What the hell happened? He's like, I don't know. And Greg Norman was standing behind him. So you photoshopped our faces into that exact photo. You lined up this, this interview. I almost just swore. And. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful for, for you and for the steps. Listen, thank you very much. I'm, I'm trying to get used to to receiving compliments and not just deflecting them away. Mm. And by the way, those great Photoshop skills that I have that right. Lindsay loves so much. The Bet Las Vegas on Twitter. Be sure to, uh, to follow and check that out because mm-hmm. that's art. And the original photo with Greg Norman standing behind, Dude. like one of the most evil villains in sports. Literally. Probably the sports photo of the year. Yeah. I mean, we still have a half a year to go, but it's certainly the leader in the clubhouse. And so we'll get into uh, more U.S. Open golf as it goes through. Uh, day one tomorrow, I'm sure we'll get into fancy pantsy should Dominic choose to grace us with his presence this week. Um, but huge interview just a few minutes away uh, after we get through our can opener here. We'll, we'll recap your solitude, or at least day one of your solitude. We got two Americas because we didn't get to it yesterday. Pixar, goat bracket. We got another region to move through. And then a little brief lap around the Stanley Cup final um, game one tonight. And then, boom, the abyss upon us. Two hours jam-packed. Yeah, it's so, time for the can opener. You're already ahead of me. You're already on it. So my Twitter algorithm has basically turned into everything that Adrian interacts with in sports. So it's hell on digital earth for me. Too much sports. But I've also seen this story pop up several places, and I'm sure a lot of people are talking about it. It's this elephant story out of India. And I'm going to preface this first thing with, we are so sorry for your loss, fam, of Miss Maya Murmu. Like, honestly, like... It's a in terms of the what the story is conceptually, it's really funny. But in terms of like, there's an actual human being here. There's actual people. Like you kind of have to take that with the, with that, a grain of respect that it deserves. Right. That was not only lost, but then we'll get into the details. Very news according to right. Adrian vibe. So I'm all in on this. So I would just like to preface this with a moment of silence for Maya Murmu. All right. So this 70 year old woman, Maya, just getting some water. Gets trampled to death by an elephant. Apparently, this isn't like totally out there in India. I mean, they have a few more elephants roaming around in the wild there than we than we do here in the United States, obviously. But hundred people per year are killed by elephants. Sometimes up to three hundred, depends on the aggression level. Um, this that, elephant that is nuts. This elephant is just a. It's a Babar would not want to go on a play date. Let me just put it that way. This elephant not only trampled her to death. After it's straight away from the shank- the sanctuary, I should say. 
But then it traveled 200 kilometers, lifted the body off of the funeral pyre during end of life proceedings or celebration of life proceedings and flung it, flung the body into the air and trampled it again and then just like left. K peaced out. What the hell, Dumbo? Yeah, seriously, though. Snorky would never. Um, That story in and of itself, like I said, is absolutely breathtaking to me in so many different levels. The way animals handle beef? Yes. This ain't Chris Rock, Will Smith. No, 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 no. No. This is a different level. And there's so much energy involved. Yes. You talked about how much they had to walk. Remember when the panda documentary, how I'm like, yo, that panda followed the other panda for three days yeah, straight. Just to get it in. The commitment. Yeah. For beef March or the penguins other things. Just to get some food. Leave the bros behind with the eggs. You say, you know what? You got to take care of things. Hold down the fort. Otherwise, I'm going to starve to death. And then they just waddle their ass all the way to the water. And I don't mean to be that guy. Like you said, thank you for preferencing at the beginning because there was a loss. There was a, a life that was lost and then dragged around like a little toy yep. right after. But the the meme come to life of the dude who showed up to his haters funeral mm-hmm. and just posed in front of everybody. Yes. Just <laughs> with the mafia type look like I'm here. Not only am I here, but I'm still here and uh, other guys not. That's that same type of energy. And, and whether it's sports or in life, yeah. I love to see it completely asinine. Unbelievable when art imitates story. life or life imitates art. This is not an onion story. No, this is an absolute real thing. And somebody named Poop Scientist on Twitter at Microsama underscore. This is the thread that you liked. Poop Scientist brought this out, which at the end of the thread, she says that she's a research assistant and that she's looking for a job if you're a biologist or marine biologist. So I just, you liked this thread and I find mostly all animal things fascinating. I Elephants are known for their memories, right? Yeah. Like they're they're known to have it. Crows are too. I guess dolphins actually have the longest memories in the animal kingdom and this again reiterates my passion for getting the echolocation expert on the dolphin so we can have an a, a real interview on this program for once. Sorry, Working Alan. On it. Working on Working it. On it. <laughs> so Poop Scientist thread is as follows and I'm going to do my best to read it and then not swear because there's swear words in here. Okay, she says, "Elephant beef <laughs> elephant beef is deep." LMFAO. I just got to do a case study on elephant communication for one of my classes. Uh, they went to the field and recorded elephant calls made from two neighboring populations who each had an elder female for whatever reason didn't like each other. Doesn't take much. Does not take much. For years, uh, this thread goes on, these communities would essentially avoid sinking up at the water hole because whenever they did, the aunties would see each other and it was just a mess every time. Just them. I read. So they recorded different warning calls from each group and then went into the other's area to play back the calls to the opposite group. So this is this is the experiment, right? We're seeing how they react. We have a recording. Let's see what it does. Every single time, the aunties from each group would recognize the vocal pattern of the one she didn't like and immediately take off in their direction. And the rest of the group just had to follow like, here we go again. This is hilarious to me. And they would travel miles back to the watering hole. Like, Ayo, I just heard you were talking S. Chiefs Raiders vibes. Seriously. For those interested, there are tons of elephant live cams where you can watch them in captivity. It provides a link there, blah, 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 blah. 
Um, and then she shamelessly plugs herself about why they need why she needs to have uh, a job because honestly we need to know about these things we need to know about these levels of aggression because we're all we're animals too yeah with this type of information and yeah. you're right we we are animals too because we do the same exact thing or at least some of us yeah and so I find that just so fascinating of just the specificity that animal life is. Right, because of just like communication, we we're, we're trying to do stuff like I mentioned with the dolphins, with echolocation, with do- with uh, whales and stuff. We we can't even fully comprehend like the expansiveness of this, other than making a comparison to ourselves, which we hate doing because yeah. we're better than them, we're above them, we're we're the we're the masters of the animal kingdom. But I also find it really interesting that elephants are mainly a matriarchal kind of society if you can not really society society is not the right word but like unit like family unit yeah and they they stick with each other apparently yeah. um and also they carry the culture of the group the elder females there's a lot of aggressive animals in india apparently yeah i don't know if you remember towards the end of last year a group of monkeys in india killed over 250 dogs in this what? town and the reason was was for revenge because the dogs are taking stuff or do or pissing them off. I th- yeah, I think that one of the dogs uh, went crazy um, and killed one of the monkeys. And oh also, oh my god, this yeah, that's, is that's straight up vengeance right there. But let me let me clarify. Okay. Most of them were puppies, unfortunately. Oh and my god. what they did was is they tossed them off of roofs. So these monkeys oh literally climbed. Oh my god! And I'm not this. There's a video of this. It went viral. I do not want to see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Indian town that I cannot pronounce. Yeah, and it's we just forget one of how these... wild nature is, and like <laughs> li- truly dog eat dog world. Just to throw all the puns in there, but even just like seeing. I remember I went hiking a couple weeks ago, and I was just you no know, trying to be quiet, trying to sit in the moment and sit where I am. And I just like see one of these bugs walking. Around. I'm like, yep, that bug's dragging a carcass of another. Just going back for supper. Well, it ch- that's the bit. Once again, to the, with the panda document, I was so shocked that it, it, the the it's so dire that these pandas are like, "Well, I got to eat the baby pandas because they're this is the first food option I got. I got to take what I can." That's insane. You ever get worried when you're out hiking and climbing these mountains for like some of these bugs or a snake or something to bite you? I mean, I'm wearing tall socks, and so I'm sure that will be a great defense should any of them. But like, <laughs> snake walks away. I do. I I am nervous. Like, I'm very cognizant of like snake holes or like looking or putting my hands like around rocks and stuff. Because especially since it gets warmer out, and now I won't be frequenting red rocks anytime soon. But I know that different seasons probably imply, you know, higher concentrations of snake populations and stuff. I don't want to be bitten by anything, but it's a risk I'm willing to take. I had a really great conversation with my mom and my grandma over the weekend. They're, they just they worry about me all the time. They're like, we were talking to your aunt, and she said, do not go hiking alone. I was just like, I'm like, I just got a knife. Like, I have a knife now. We're all good. She's like, you could still be overpowered. I'm like, yeah, that was true before. Well, it's true now. It's true always. There's a I could fall off the mic. 100% could happen. The number one Twitter account I feel like you should follow if you live in Las Vegas is Las Vegas Locally. And oh, I love e- that account. Even this morning, just a, you know, a couple coyotes cutting it up just in the middle of one of these main streets yeah. in the city. Well, and I've, that seen, happens. I've seen a coyote outside this damn studio before oh, on one of my walks. I've seen them right here. I got to run to my car now when I leave. Oh, my God. The I, coyotes aren't going to do it. They're more scared of you. And look, the monkeys, I, I I want to go back to this story really quick because the the news outlet that well, covered the this story, monkeys? <laughs> yes, the revengeful mon- uh, monkeys. So they reached out uh, to an expert 
who said that he and he explained that with these monkeys, not only do they want to seek revenge if needed, they want they want it to be painful, don't they? But usually, as the aggressors, uh-huh. they go after the relatives of the person that they want revenge instead of the person or the animal. My God. Yeah, yeah, we're so we're so above them. They're doing the same stuff we are. I think we're below them. Yo, I think that's probably more likely. The city barely any dogs were left, and then they got a picture of all twenty of these monkeys standing on the tree. Like, yeah, be like, you you know, Rihanna, we run this town. <laughs> we run this town. Brilliant. This is us. Brilliant reference. This this Feel is like ours. Two hundred and fifty. <laughs> Dogs? That's wild. And then the dog, I would have to imagine, like, I wonder, well, there's no dogs left, but, like, if this was escalated, you, if there was a big enough. Do you continue to bring dogs in? Do you keep trying, or do you just, like, say, I guess we're not going to have, because, like, you can't get rid of the monkeys. Yeah, because this is their, this yeah. Is, this is their area. No. <laughs> no, it's, uh, you better look at some cats. <laughs> look oh, into some cats. Cats are great. Or something, but yeah, no, that that's. I wonder that's, how India, I wonder how cats mean different things to different cultures. Lots of animals mean different things to different yeah. cultures. Yeah, thankfully, I if they like cats. Shout out to these uh, oh, these I elephants. Wonder. It kind of like it's it's absolutely insane, and and do you think the there's a lot that, of small cats when they have a lot of tigers and stuff there? That's a that's a brilliant brilliant because you got to think imagine about now, survivability, right? I would assume they have to have like well, there if, has to be wild smaller cats there too. I don't think there's a lot of strays. Fair because strays are out here. Yeah, but if the family's able to take care of, they have too many alpha predators to have like sm- like those kind of animals being able. You're to just staying in the crib and that's it. Yeah, you don't even not. have a crib. We we stopped. We we they killed all of the the animals that needed cribs and then they just. When it's extinct, that's how it works. And uh, I do want to say, as far as invading your Twitter algorithm, look, I'm sorry I didn't do this on purpose. No, I, I just, <laughs> I, I, everything, everything is like suggested, all the followers, like, oh, look at this, look at this. And then anything that you have touched is in my feed. Someone yesterday posted a clip of Draymond from the past where essentially... During, he was trying to defend the layup and somehow he fell, but he took it as like the defender used his elbow to push him down. So running down the court, Draymond essentially tackles the other dude. Yeah. And the title of, because, you know, sometimes they'll say this is a funny tweet. This is this is that. It said combat sports. I thought that was hilarious as if it was an MMA clip and Draymond's going crazy like some of these monkeys are. Dude. They're going absolutely insane killing these dogs or these elephants as well. Yeah. It's nuts. There's just a certain amount of cortisol and adrenaline and testosterone that our bodies creates this concoction. And then all of a sudden... We can literally run through walls. Do you consider yourself petty? I don't. No. Good for you. Because I, I do. And it's like one of the things that like I'm trying to grow out of. Well. Look at the Warriors, in fact. I feel like I'm very petty tr- in the true. way I that's analyze true. them. That's true. <laughs> well, we are just unpacking each other's egocentrism. One step at a time, Jordan Sparks. So happy to hear that. Well, actually, I'm not happy to hear about that elephant because it was just probably really traumatic. So I'm glad that we had to we had that to share for you. That we had a little bit of a dose of reality, and now it's time to move on to the best consolation prize ever because we don't have the dolphin expert yet. Alan Shipnook on Live Golf on Phil Mickelson on the U.S. Open, and so much more. Eleven forty the bet. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez. 
the Playmakers. Exclusively on 1140 The Bet. Welcome back to the show we call The Playmakers, and we are on the precipice of the U.S. Open, which tees off tomorrow. So thankfully, we're joined by one of the best who covers the sport and has been doing so for 25 years as a golf writer for Sports Illustrated. He's a partner of the Fire Pit Collective and the man who literally wrote the book on Phil Mickelson, Phil, the unauthorized biography. Alan Shipnuck joins us. All insider calls are powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download your BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. As Adrian just outlined, I don't think there's a more qualified person to discuss one of the most relevant stories of our modern day, gas prices. Alan, how much did that plane ticket to London cost? Because if the miles weren't worth it, that picture with Greg Norman certainly was. (laughs) Yeah, that was a moment. Um, Yeah, I was on the fence about going over there. I had some misgivings uh, for a variety of reasons. But once Phil decided to make that his return to public life, um, Phil Mickelson. I just felt like I had to be at that first that first live event, also known as you know sort of the Saudi Golf League, and um, it was it was the right choice. It was it was it was a big moment for the sport. It really was. I mean, the whole landscape of professional golf is changing before our eyes, and uh, I just you know the, I, I took some criticism from people saying, "Oh, you're legitimizing sports washing," but. It's, you know, I'm an impartial observer. I was there just to see how it was all going to play out and tell the story about it. Sports journalism is, is wild to me, Alan, because you, you start a project with the intention to tell a particular story and then you start digging and then sometimes you find gems. And then sometimes, like you said, the the universe aligns and you're all of a sudden right in the middle of, of a huge moment for golf. I'm not sure if you've seen the documentary Icarus about the Russian state sponsored doping system, but your story is giving off very similar vibes. And and you've covered Phil for years. And so I, I, I instead of asking what what is he like, what, what what's his personality? I think he puts it on, on a big display. But what about him still surprises you or, or has caught you off guard well just he, he spent more than three decades at, at the front ranks of of the game you know he's an unparalleled run of longevity any sport any athlete and uh, and yet he's constantly evolving and changing and you know he's, he's a bit of a shapeshifter and so even after, uh, you know, my first year covering the PJ Tour was 1994. That was Phil's second full season. So I've been tracking him this whole time. Uh, he continues to to sort of trans, transform, you know. He's like, And this is one of the more unexpected twists. You know, this beloved fan favorite's kind of taken his heel turn. And now in some ways he's a bad guy. And he very well could play a part in the demise of the PGA Tour. Like, who could have ever seen that coming? So it's just remarkable how he's always at the center of things. He's always uh, working an agenda. Controversy just engulfs him regularly. And he always emerges and keeps going. And that's going to happen this week in Boston. I mean, the fans are on his side. I don't know if you see any clips from the practice round. He's getting a lot of love out there. I mean, whatever it is about Phil, he's, he's got a certain charm and uh, people want to watch him play golf. They want to cheer for him, and so yeah, he, he, I'm constantly amazed at, at, at his ongoing evolutions. I'm not really surprised that he's getting a lot of love in Boston because we all know about those Bostonian sports fans and where their uh, allegiances and uh, I should say integrity lies. <laughs> and uh, Alan, I do want to clarify too. Uh, Greg Norman is not here. His security goons 
are not here as well. But something I've, I've noticed is, so Greg Norman tried to branch away in the 90s with Fox and Rupert Murdoch. And Rory, after his win over the weekend, you know, he said the comment towards Greg about having one more victory. Like, all business aside with the PGA and the Live Tour, this seems to be a very personal thing to these guys, correct? Yeah, well, Greg Norman has been a polarizing figure for a long time and a bit of a pariah in the game. And now the casual fan didn't know that, but some of the animosity you're seeing, that some of the shade, that, that that's now coming to light. But, yeah, these guys are taking it personally because their livelihoods and their legacies are being affected. You know, like, so Rory, John Rahm, and Justin Thomas have kind of thrown their lot into the PGA Tour. But if if two dozen or three dozen other top players go to live, that that devalues the product. I mean, these guys are going to rock up the tournaments and there's going to be a lot of top players missing. And, and so their victories have less meaning and the audience shrinks and their, their deal, their corporate deals shrink as a result of that. And so there's, there's a personal element and there's, there's a prof, the professional element and there's a lot of indignation flowing both ways. And, um, you know, the, the commissioner of the, of the PJ Tour, Jay Monahan, has made it personal. You know, his comments about you don't have to ever apologize for being a PJ Tour member, and, and so there's it. There's it's a mix of of the, the of the dollars, but it, it's also uh, so there's a self righteousness. There's there's an element of vengeance and all this. It's there's a lot of big human themes that are getting played out. It, it's it's quite riveting. Yeah, I think it's a, a great representation kind of of what we're going through as a society as well of the almost kind of a rage against the machine type of mentality. But there's certainly reason to be frustrated with the PGA Tour as well. And that's like we've had several conversations about live golf and, and just this this course that we've been on and, and just how there's there's merit on both sides and that there is badness on both sides. And well, and whether or not Phil Mickelson is personally motivated by his ego or his propensity to build up debt, he has been that catalyst that is going to potentially ruin not ruin everything but change everything so other than sending Rory and, and John Rahm and, and Spieth and all them up to defend the the PGA's honor how should they play this next shot because you know they've suspended all the golfers that are associated with live golf I know that the USGA uh, came out and said we're not going to do any knee-jerk reactions but that's just for this year's majors I'm more worried about next year's majors and people choosing sides because that's what's going to happen especially with sponsorship dollars you know this isn't the majors it's not their fight like right. Augusta National, the PJ of America, the USGA, and the RNA, each of these ruling bodies and these entities, they, they get the spotlight for one week per year. And they, they have one tournament that really matters to them. Uh, no disrespect to the U.S. Women's Open and the Senior Open, but the U.S. Open is what drives the USGA. And so they, a turf war between rival professional circuits is not, is not their concern. What they care about is putting on the best possible event they want all their past champions they want all the big stars they want as much depth of field and world ranking points as they can get so they really don't want to get in the middle of this it's just not their battle and the idea that augusta national is going to ride to the rescue of the pga tour and ban all these all these um you know live golfers i think it's fantastical i mean phil mickelson three-time champ dustin johnson who's from the south he's one of the most popular guys there the master doesn't want to lose them. Their their box office draws, and, and they add to the competition. So, um, I think so. With the PGA Tour, you know, if the majors are, is not is not going to save the tour. Um, and anecdotally, being here at the U.S. Open, I'm hearing a lot of buzz from people associated with Live that 
you know, another question is, will will the world the world ranking body give points to these these, mm. these live events? Because that's how that becomes their entry into the majors by being top fifty. And uh, according according to folks who in the know, like that's basically a done deal. It hasn't been announced, but they've they've had a lot of dialogue. And the world ranking has to acknowledge these tournaments. There's just too many good players there now. So. Um, so therefore, what does the tour do? I mean, I think they need to concede defeat and and cut a deal, and they can, you know, they they forge this strategic alliance to use their term with the European Tour, and I think they're going to wind up doing the same thing with 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 the Live Tour because it's it's the only workable compromise. It it doesn't doesn't help the PGA Tour to lose stars and lose popular players, and it doesn't it doesn't help their sponsors, doesn't help their fans, so. Um, there's a middle ground here. You keep your tour membership. The, the tour absorbs these live events, push them all into the fall when there's not a lot of great golf being played. Um, the players get to cash in because they, they can, they can cherry pick these, this huge money purses. The Saudis get what they want, which is legitimacy. That's all they really care about. And if they get the stamp approval on the PGA tour, then they've definitely arrived as, as part of the sport. And there's really no downside other than the, the taint of the Saudi money which is considerable, but professional golfers have already answered that question. Like, how much do they really care? Other than a handful, they don't care. I mean, they've been going to Saudi Arabia for years now, playing in the European tour event. They play all over China, where they have actual concentration camps. They play uh, United Arab Emirates. They, they play in Qatar. Like, the pro golfers are going to follow the money. That's just the bottom line. They've made that clear. So um, it's it's not a palatable choice for the PJ tour but if they don't want to be relegated to essentially the minor leagues then i think they're gonna have to go that direction and alan i just want to get a sense uh the craziness that was everything that went on in london and of course your experience there and even now getting uh to the u.s open and kind of what's the general sense and feel of the media covering this of the craziness that's happened these past few weeks and uh the craziness that's uh going to be happening here ahead kepka hates them <laughs> Yeah, well, you know what's ironic is, I mean, Kepka's a prime candidate to go over to live. Thousand percent. He's always made, he's made his just dame clear for the every everyday tour events, and you know they're just fillered for him between the majors. So you throw him to live, you can play less, you can make a heck of a lot more, and uh, you can still play the majors. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Brooks changes jerseys. And his comments were interesting. You know, when he, he was asked this week, like why. Uh, why have you stayed at the PGA Tour? And he's like, well, there was never another option. It wasn't the most ringing endorsement uh, for his happiness on the PGA Tour. So I think Brooks is in play. Obviously, his brother played, Chase Kepka played in the first event in London. So, yeah, it's going to be a tumultuous summer. I mean, this is just going to be the story. Um, there's Things are happening very quickly, uh, and there's endless amounts of back-channel communication. There, there could be lawsuits. There, uh, There's already a lot of... Uh, a lot of bar- little bars going on in press conferences and it's messy but it's also riveting yeah and there's an argument to be made that this is really good for the sport but like you said there, there's dirty money everywhere and so i always say well let's not throw things at glass houses when we are actually in one ourselves but i like to make the joke uh that i cover and talk about sports but i'm not a journalist because i majored in communications which is basically the same but with less integrity and so I- i'm sure phil isn't the first person to come back at you with the energy that was off the record i don't like what you wrote but i'm genuinely curious about what you tell yourself inside your head when the pitchforks come for the messenger that happens to be you 
Well, he, he is actually the first person who's ever made that claim. It's a serious claim to make against a reporter. And, um, he, you know, he knows it's false. I know, I know it's false. Like, that conversation was always on the record. And I'd gone to Phil three times to um, do interviews for the book, you know, face-to-face. He thought about it. He declined. But ultimately, in the final analysis, he just couldn't help himself. Like, it's been said many times about Phil. He, he needs to be the smartest guy in the room. And he, um, it just he couldn't stand the idea that he was winning all these political battles, and he had he'd outsmarted Greg Norman, he'd outsmarted Jay Monahan, and that I didn't know all that when I was writing my book. And he had to pick up the phone and tell me. He had to fill uh, you in. He had to fill me in. Yeah. And in the context of how many times I'd asked to interview him for the book, if he calls me, every single syllable is going in the pages of the book, unless we expressly agree otherwise. But, you know, he never asked to go off the record, and if he had, I would have pushed back really hard. This is my one chance to talk to him for the book. So, um, you know, I think most people saw through that as sort of this transparent, you know, bad faith attempt to rewrite history. But mm. um, those were his true feelings, and that was it, was it was a moment of honesty. And, you know, when, when Phil picked up the, the phone, did he mean to tell me all that stuff? I, I can't say that. I mean, I've been doing this a long time. I know when people start talking, they get emotional, they get carried away by the moment, the sound of their own voice, and maybe maybe he, he said some things he hadn't planned on saying, but that's on him. You know, I, it's not my job to, to govern uh, Phil Mickelson. He's a very smooth operator when it comes to the media, and um, he had an agenda when, when he picked up the phone to call me, and uh, it's certainly disappointing that he tried to backtrack, but I mean, I'll go to my grave knowing that that, that, that whole conversation was on the record. Yeah, if anything, I think it's a skill uh, and a testament to your uh, ability as a journalist to get people lathered up and going. That's exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, well, I just I'm just giving them space to tell me what they want to tell me. You know, I'm, uh, my my biggest tool when I'm doing an interview is just silence. I just listen and prod them here and there. But uh, you know, Phil Phil has a lot he wanted to say. I mean, I hardly said a word in that whole conversation. He was just going a thousand <laughs> miles an hour. Um, so. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a learned skill for sure. And uh, Alan Shipnuck joining us. He is the author of The Phil, The Unauthorized Biography. And since we are talking about Phil and we are here in Las Vegas, uh, I know that Phil Mickelson enjoys some things that we specialize here in Vegas. So I have to ask you um, throughout the book, is there a specific Vegas story that involves Phil that you enjoyed or that you covered in the book? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, the best one is when he... Um it's opening day of the NFL season and he gets a bunch of buddies and they fly in his jet from Scottsdale to Vegas. And, um, it's like eight guys and they, they're, they go to this, they get there early, you know, before the first games are played and they go down to the, the sports book and they're going to place their bets. And um, everyone's kind of milling around. They're not sure what's the protocol, you know, Phil's the host. So they're going to let him go first. But he looks at them and he's like, uh, no, you guys go ahead because when I place my bets, it might move the line. <laughs> oh my god I mean yeah let that sink in and um, so Tom Candiotti the old big league pitcher he was part of that crew and he, he's the one who told me the story and he said that Phil swept the whole morning slate he won every game and at that point he was up over a million dollars um, and then and Phil had a big afternoon only lost a game or two so at that point he's up you know what a million five a million six who knows and then uh, that's just in one day of football betting but then they're going to fly home that night, and he and Phil want to go down and play baccarat in the casino, and um, gave most of it back. 
and that you know Candy I said they needed to like pull Phil out of there with a rope basically, and then he sulked all the way to the airport. So it gives you some insight into how much you bet and how how fast it comes and goes. I mean, I have trouble walking away from the tables, but man, it's just a different thing. But that's that's what happens when you're leather jacketed Uncle Phil with a God complex, right, Alan? It's just you you think that you can do no wrong and that every run is going to go on for forever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, the leather jacket that was that was a funny touch, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's been said so many times about Phil. Like he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. He has to feel that way, and. Um, you know, the house always wins, but, but Phil thinks he's smarter than the house. You know, history would suggest otherwise. Mm. Well, Alan, you're certainly the smartest person in our room and our ear holes right now. And I, again, want to thank you for taking time out of your very busy uh, schedule, especially with the U.S. Open starting tomorrow, to speak with us. Uh, give us a little bit of a roundabout about your book, because I'm really excited to read it. But uh, be well and give my best, or give our best, I should say, to Greg Norman, my friend. <laughs> All right. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Alan Shipnook from... Fire Pit Collective, writing that big book on Phil Mickelson. He has been in the center of all of this. And let me tell you, they're going to do some 30 for 30s on this very story. Uh, On the other side of the break, after we go through our sponsors, which are always brought to us by BetQL when we have guests on our phone line, uh, Bet Smarter to Beat the Books, download the BetQL app and visit BetQL.com. Today, we got Brian Windhorst drama to talk about to your mama. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the Playmakers, exclusively on 1140 The Bet. We got to let this run a little bit because I got to at least tell the story why we're playing Marley on the midweek right now, right? Do your thing, Linz. So they were talking to Gary Payton, the second, junior, whatever. They ask, you know, what do you listen to? How do you stay loose? How, do you, how are you so happy? Because he's a positive beacon. You, This we know. He says... This is like the best job ever. I just try to approach each day with a lot of positivity, and I do that by listening to Bob Marley on Shuffle. And so this song is uh, a remix that I've been obsessed with for years by Bob Marley. But I figured I'm like, 
why not bring the good vibes from Garepay right into our pl- place here, too? And like you said, uh, w- what were you calling it? The mid-Marley week? Yeah, mid-week Marley. Mid-week Marley. I, I mean, I'm down. Vibes yeah, I like mean, this? I don't know if we have to do it, like, henceforth, like, where it's Marley-specific, but maybe just, like, that vibe. Chill vibes. Chill and, vibes. And that, that's just one of those things I'm always fascinated about, like, what are you listening to to get hyped, especially as a sports sports athlete? Right. And also, shout out to Gary Payton II, who nine different teams mm-hmm. last year. I don't know how many professional athletes that have been in the, the highest level of their sport were willing to be like, hey, you think I should go in the G League and work on some things? That's fine. I'm going to go in the G and League. And his dad played. That should tell you another thing, too. And and how of, cool. Of what, of what the entitlement isn't. That's so impressive. Like, 100% mm-hmm. on what you're saying. And also... For Gary Payton to not only see his son and get these standing ovations. Because it's not just he got a huge ovation when he returned from his injury because the elbow had him out for half of the playoffs. Yeah. But for him to to still get that love from the fans in San Francisco. And then it's in Gary Payton's hometown to have your son be on the hometown team. And kind of, yeah. you got to love it. It's a good story. We need those good stories because uh, there's plenty of bad ones that we usually go through. That's been the world of sports for forever, but especially in these last couple of years. But Adrian, I gave you the advice last night that you should probably just get one good crying spell out in your car after you drop Sire and, and Jacoby off at the airport to go gallivant around Scotland. Yes. Uh, well, right now they're they're about to take off to Scotland, but they were in New York, uh, New York City. Yeah. They're able to go to my niece's graduation. How perfect. It's perfect timing. And here's the thing, Lindsay, I took your advice and and I felt it. And the thing was, is the whole day and even yesterday, I was feeling it. I was like, am I going to cry? Am I going to cry? And just feeling a little bit down and sad because, you know, I love my son. Here's the thing. The flight got delayed till 2 a.m. because of issues in the East Coast with air control or whatever the case may be. But they were on that standby life, so that still meant that they had to get there. Because, you know, they could fly in a plane from L.A. or Phoenix to finish the flight if the East Coast plane. Because, you know, they got to stay on schedule, whatever the case. Yeah. So there was still a little bit of chaos when I when I came home. Ended up having to run to Target. Somehow spent less than 30 bucks. But here's what I did. How? Because I had to buy, like, the little soaps and everything that she wanted, the travel size stuff. And as I'm walking away, I just, I always look at the toy section for Sire. And, of course, they got everything built up for Lightyear that comes out sure. on Friday. Pixar Bracket coming soon here on the Playmakers. Um, and I saw a toy, and I was like, perfect. I'm going to buy him the little the little mini buzz, not the full action figure sure. size. We'll get that later. So it was cool. We get to the airport finally. Uh, last thing, I put him in his, uh, in his stroller, and I'm like, Papa, I love you. I'm going to miss you. I don't think he got the concept because the entire time we were driving, he's like, airplane, airplane, airplane. And then Jacoby was like, Daddy's not coming on the airplane. And he looked a little confused. And then he went, airplane, airplane, airplane. But I said goodbye to him. And I gave him the toy. And I was like, if you miss me, just play with this. That's perfect. And then I don't know if you've seen the trailer for Lightyear. But to infinity and beyond is like how they give dap. But instead of doing the knuckles or the high fives, they do the fingers like E.T. with the index fingers. Really? They go to infinity. And then they break it and go... Wow. Can't wait till we're on Twitch. So I did that with Cyrus. So I was like, to infinity. And he was like, and beyond. And then I gave Aww. him a kiss. And then they walked away and then they cried. and Or I cried a little bit. But once I got to the car, I took a deep breath. <sighs> and then I went on Google Maps and 
Lindsay, thank you for the rewards. We use those rewards. I we knew that there. they needed to go to a place where they would not just be used, but they would be effectively used. And then shout out to that place because they're like, hey, your birthday is coming up. Remember, you get your free that's, little. When's your birthday again? Uh, July 8th. That's all. Oh, that's right. It's coming up. Yeah, so it's coming up. So uh, the first night, I, surprisingly, I was very thankful. King size bed. I was spread out. Oh, man. But just working on everything. Freedom! It was. It was freedom, but I actually, like, I slept on top of the blankets and the sheets. Like, I kind of like passed sl- <laughs> out because I was so tired. And, and the most important thing is... Rolling. I still... Ca- yeah, I was rolling because that is not... I'm not living the Lindsay yes! Brown. <laughs> well, you don't have anything... You don't have everything pre... Not pre-planned, but I have, like, a process where I'll... Okay, we're going to put the blanket down. Then we'll put the we'll put the weighted blanket here. And then by the time that I'm all done, I will go sit back down in my chair and then I can... When I'm tired, I'm like, can go to bed, and I've already taken care of all my things. And I can just slide in there. With out. the weighted blanket, I oh, do yeah. need to experience that. We got sire Dude, one. Dude, yeah, you gotta. But listen, I we, need another one. I, I got home then, kind of got a little sad because it was so quiet. My house is, hasn't been quiet in three and a half years. Yeah, like you said, you haven't been apart really since sire was born. Just like two nights, and they he was on the strip with his grandparents. So even <laughs> then, it wasn't like taking on the strip. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, I was able, I was able to get to the office, do some work, do some prep and, and and when it was time, let's just say, bing bong. Okay. Okay. Lizzie, one more (laughs) time. That's why you, that's disgusting. I sat down. That's disgusting. In my office. We need a different one. Bing bong. We need it to not be a, you can't use that. You can't. (laughs) There needs to be a different bing bong. Literally. We just, we need to not have it be a kid's movie. Oh, that's the other thing. So. Watching Inside Out and realizing, I'm like, wow, two different, two different Americas view, bing bong, completely differently, <laughs> just completely differently. But we'll see tonight when I get home oh how I'm gonna feel. I'm, I'm embracing my emotions like you asked. Hell yeah, men, go, go to therapy. You know what I'm saying? Do what you got to do. You are just, not above therapy. Just don't be excessive about it. It's a dangerous no. game. No. I'm getting Hooters wings tonight. Hell, are you going to go to Hooters? No, not carry out. Oh, okay. That's that's where we draw the line of our How are you? You Hooters has pretty good chicken fingers. I cried in a Hooters once. More Hooters I was also rolling, but, you know, that's it. I I suppose we could probably wrap up our show with that. Maybe we'll get into that. Pixar Bracket continues next. 1140 The Bet. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.